today. Amen. Hallelujah. He's, he's as real and as precious today as the day he became sweet to you, as he saved you. He's all of that and more today. And everything he ever will be revealed to us, he's that right now. We're just coming into it. He gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Those of you that are here, and why don't you turn around and wave at somebody and give them a greeting. If you're at home, why don't you greet those around you, your people that are on the couch, your dog, your cat, just greet them all that are with you. <laughs> uh, they're, they're getting to listen to a service that they wouldn't normally come to. So anyway, it sure is good to be in the house of the Lord. I believe we've all brought something this morning. Sunday morning is always just a service where there's an expectation. It's a resurrection morning, and uh, we're looking for a great day in the Lord today. We're, we all brought something. You all brought a little part of you. The Bible would speak of this hidden treasure that we have within, hidden, hidden in these earthen vessels. Amen. I noticed today we had our sister Jeanette Patrick and in service and her son Travis Sister Jeanette, so good to see you. God bless you. Amen. She's, she's gone through it, different ones. Brother Marion, good to have you in your role. And I, I believe healing's a process. I believe that God will keep doing it. And uh, we, thank, we thank God for that. Um, this morning, we've got our Brother Murphy Wong here from Cloverdale, B.C. And uh, Brother Murphy has... As we've known him for a long time, but every time I'm with him, he just is a more and more a precious brother to me. And uh, I don't know, sometimes we don't realize what God is doing around us. Brother Murphy, he's, we just know him from Cloverdale, but he came from China. You know, God uses different men at different places for different works, and we haven't been involved in the work in China, but God has used Brother Murphy tremendously in translation and encouragement and in helping establish the believers in the translation of the Bible. And uh, if he wants to share some of that today, we would like to hear it because God is so much bigger. We, we define God by our humanity and by our limitations, but I believe it will take an eternity to unveil him. 
And I, 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 I want to be a part of that. I mean, all the glory of God. So we're happy to have our, our dear brother Murphy with us today. We're going to invite him. We're going to ask that he, he just take his liberty and he feels at home with us. And you know how you can do that? You can just pull on the word. And you do that and I believe God will, will bless us. Just, just as thinking of this song this morning and I couldn't get away from it, so we'll just sing it. But the God of the mountain is the God of the valley. If we can just sing that as we invite our brother Murphy to come and take the pulpit this morning. Sure is good to be here. Good to see all of you. Let's just sing this. Life is easy when you're up on the mountain and you've caught a piece of mine like you've never known. But then things change and you're down in
we're thankful our God is not only the God in the good time, but when time is getting rough, He's still God. Because He doesn't have any concept of the time element. He's out of this time that we're living in. He's eternal God. And we're so thankful that He's, uh, he's our healer. He's our deliverer. When we think of some time a, a road has come to an end, you will find out He's always there waiting for you. We're so thankful for what God has been done to us. Uh, just so thankful that again for Brother Harold and Brother Ed uh, for the invitation uh, for me to come on over here. Uh, this has been a third attempt that I finally succeed. And, uh, you know, this is COVID. It just seems like I mess it everything up. But we know that God is in control of everything. And uh, just bring out all the gratings from my pastor, Brother Ed Abisco, uh, Brother Tom, and uh, all the ministries uh, over there. And, and the many greetings are from the different people. And uh, there, you, you all are friends uh, to a lot of the people in our church. Uh, we always feel this is uh, uh, probably one of the closest of the church, uh, uh, close to us, uh, physically speaking, uh, from the distance, and also from the believers. We have so many years uh, uh, together, and uh, especially Brother Harold, I, uh, my heart, I, when I saw you to walk in, my heart is just thrilled. Uh, what a soldier and a warrior that you have been, and what example you have been to us. I just pray the Lord to bless your brother Harold and the family and the church over here. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll just uh, go to the scripture uh, right away. That's a turn to a book of um, Genesis, chapter 22. Book of Genesis, chapter 22, verse 7. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamp for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of, uh, which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid a wood in order and bound, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And that the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, the only son from me. And Abraham lifted it up his eyes. And looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is set to this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. May the Lord bless his word. I wonder if we can not just go to the prayer again. How many people you have a need? Uh, I think that I have a need too. And so we just bring all this in need uh, before God. And one of our brother, Brother Henry Waltner, 
I think uh, many of you have uh, known him, and he has to go to the surgery. He got uh, uh, the leukemia, and but we believe God can do everything and then anything. And he asked uh, me to um, bring to the need before you people. I know that uh, many of you know this brother, and we just bring him and all the need before the Lord. We pray the Lord will meet every one of us. That's a bow our head. Our dear Heavenly Father, we come to the sacred moment. Lord, that this is time that you have ordained. Lord, that's why we come over here. We come to worship you in truth and in spirit. You're the only one that is worth it of all the worship from your people. Because you have done so much to us. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for giving us this time where we can gather together, can hear into the word, can see God coming down and meet our need. Lord, we're coming here not to just fellowship with each other, but we're coming here to fellowship with you. Because, Lord, we know one word from you, it will satisfy us. One word from you, one touch from the Lord, Lord, you can heal us, can deliver us. Lord, it can bring us out from the darkness. Can let the light shine through all this thick, gross darkness and get into our heart so that we can be transformed. We know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Your power has never diminishing, but always increasing. As we walk along with you, our experience has increased. As we walking, Lord, we just pray your presence become more near than ever. Let it come into our, to our aid, Lord. Lord, we have remember all the needs here and also brother henry the back at home he had a face and asked the people here to pray for him lord we believe you lord there's nothing too big for you that you cannot do there's nothing too small for you that you will ignore it but lord everything we presented to you we know that you can meet every need Lord, we just pray that your presence is coming down, Lord. Even that is in a moment to go to Brother Henry and go to each need that in this church. Even before the service, the word service began, even before we preach, Lord, are you coming down to meet each need? Lord, we're the needy people, but Lord, that we need it the most is our Lord Jesus become a reality to us. Let our Lord become nearer than ever in this time of a time of a gross darkness. But Lord, we know you are the light. You can shine your light through, Lord, to lighten up our world, to lighten up the surrounding that around us. May our eyes be open to see the same God yesterday. How you open up the, the Elisha's servants. Let them see the fiery chariots and the horsemen. Lord, is the same God can open our eyes to see that what uh, that be with us is way more than what is on this world. The one that is in us is way greater than the one that is in this world. We thank you, Lord. Lord, we ask you to bring your word and become more real to us. Lord, as we have opened up the scripture, as we're going to, Lord, preach it on what you have made it real to me, I just pray, Lord, that you make yourself real to your children as well. We give you all the thanks and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.
I would like to uh, speak a, a title, uh, Jehovah Jireh. Um, so, you know, when uh, we talk about a Jehovah Jireh, uh, I think that the word has in the, the Bible has already uh, mentioned, it said, uh, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be sin. And then in the, the Hebrew, it, uh, it actually is a mims uh, Jehovah, we know that's the uh, Lord, and Jireh means see. So in that word that if you put that together, Jehovah Jireh, is actually means Jehovah sees. That he saw. He saw your need. He saw what you needed him for. That's why he delivered. That's why he provided his sacrifices for us. So when we're talking about the Lord, see. And um, you know, when God sees certain things, he's is way different than what we see. And when God sees certain things, when he sees it, God uh, put himself into action. When we saw certain things, uh, you know, we, uh, we, we look at things, okay, uh, yeah, that's just pretty good. And we look at the, uh, uh, I told Brother Ed that I said, it seems like every time I come in over to Edmonton, it's always cold and snow. And it seems there's no other weather that in this uh, country. I know we have a summer, but I don't think I ever enjoyed it a summer over here. And every time I come here, it's just white. <laughs> I, did, I feel that. It didn't make it. <laughs> so, and, and you know what? I saw that. But there is a certain beauty that in the country is all over here. I look at the outside. Uh, it was just uh, uh, the white snow. And uh, uh, the inside of the house, you, uh, the fire, fire is going. You know, it's kind of a, uh, make you, uh, is, is that word, a melancholy or something like that? You know, you just feel warm inside and make yourself don't want to go out. And so, so when we men, when we see certain things, um, we admire it. Uh, we appreciate it. And, um, uh, you know, you, you go to the wood. You look at the, the tree and look at the nature. Uh, you appreciate uh, what you saw. And um, uh, we, we go to the ocean because uh, uh, I coming from the, the country was uh, uh, in China. It was a peninsula uh, almost in the summer. We spent the whole summer just at the ocean side. You look at the waves is coming. The, the ocean, it just seems no end to it. You're admiring it. You're appreciating that. But that's what we're men we do. When we see certain things, we can look at the things, we cannot admire, we cannot uh, appreciate it, but we couldn't do anything about it. How are you going to do? You can, you can, when you look at the sea, you cannot make the sea, uh, the, the water become a one drop more or one drop less. When you look at the beautiful nature, you can't stop the nature. You can't stop the winter to come. And you can't stop the summer to go away. But God is different. When God looked at certain things, when he had saw certain uh, things that this happened, God always followed with an action to it. When God said that there is a darkness on the world, uh, on this earth, then God said, let there be light. Because when God sees certain things, when he sees it, he, there was something in him, he needed to change that situation. If that situation is not in the good order. So when God look at a certain things, it's different from what we look at things. We look at the things, we just look at it. But when God look at things, he wants to change it. 
He wanted to improve it. This is not an end that ought to be. God needs to bring it back to the order. So when God looked at it, uh, uh, he saw that uh, uh, there's uh, the water uh, that's um, uh, on this earth. There's a seed is the, that the end of the water. Then God has to let the light shine so that the seed can bring forth. When God saw there's a man uh, that he has a certain, that in him, he gets the attribute. He needs to make the man to subdue, to managing on this earth. When God saw that, he's able to do something about it. So when God saw that, he said, uh, I needed to uh, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Then God put to action. So I always remember when God saw certain things, he always have action follows that. What a hope that, that gave it to us. Whenever there's a situation when we saw, Lord, I couldn't do anything about it. But Lord said, I saw that too. It's not only you saw that, I saw that too. When you seeing that, you seem like you're hopeless and helpless. But God said, I have action follows that. Because when I saw the things is not in order, I'm going to bring it back to the order. When I saw that my children got sick, I'm bringing houses back to them. When I saw your children become a backslide, he said, I'm the Lord that is Savior himself and also Savior of family. I'm going to bring them back. Because when God sees certain things, it's always followed an action behind it. When God saw that a man fallen, and then God said, I need to bring them back. When God saw that the man, Adam, he said that it's not good for man to be alone. Then God said, I will need to bring him a help that is meet for him. It's God saw that. Man probably doesn't see it. That Adam, when he saw it, he felt something, but he doesn't know what to do about it. If God bring the old animals in front of him, he saw the tiger, he saw the cheetah, he saw all these animals, beautiful about it, but something in them, I needed something more. When God saw that, he said, and it's not good for men to be alone. Then God do the searcher, surgery and takes out of the bone of an Adam and made a Eve out of, made a woman out of it. And then he said, this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Because God saw that need. When God saw that need, he will meet that need. And when he saw man falling, when a man become a, or become a sin, then God put to the action. He said, I'm not going to just rebuke you. I'm not only just said you're wrong. I'm not only just finding the cause of the certain problem that the man that it had. He said, I put myself into the action. You have to follow me because uh, 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 my, uh, you know, I, I got a way to express myself. It's probably not an Alberta way. It was just a Chinese way to brought it. So you, you just read my lips and know what I'm saying, okay? So don't, don't, don't think about my grammar or this. Uh, I have no grammar. It just uh, whatever comes. <laughs> so when God saw Adam become a lost and to the human being become a lost, is God see that? Then he go to that action. Then he killed the animal, uh, skinned him, and put the skin, and wrapped it around him. Because God saw that. Man saw that. Man become helpless. Man become hopeless. Don't know what to do. The only thing they can do is just crying out, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. That's what you need to do. But when God saw that, God said, I have action. 
I've actioned before that. I'm not just seeing it to leave you there. When I see that, I saw that I put myself into an action. Our God is a God of action. Our God is not just a God to see it and to put his hands like this, just watch you doing things. He's a God of action. When God saw that the Israelites that had become a slave, that in, uh, and in Egypt, when God saw that, though the time tarry, 400 years that they've been in Egypt, but when God saw that, he has provided a way to cure that problem. So that's why then the Lord said, I have surely seen that affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrow. So God is not, sometimes we see God doesn't move. He gave us an impression. It seems like God doesn't care about our situation. It seems like God just let us uh, say, okay, you do whatever you want to do. And I give it. No, God is a God in action. He gave us a word. That word is always active. That word is not dormant. What is a dormant is our face. This word is never dormant. When he gives us the word, that word always have a life in it. And when you receive it, if you don't tamper with it, let the word take its course. That word has a life in it. It will always bring lifeless out of you. It will always can bring the healing. It always can bring the deliverance. Though sometimes God seems to silence, doesn't see the word. But God has a confidence for what he has already given to you. That's why the many times that when we look at a situation, it seems like, oh, Lord, where are you? God said, where are you? I have given the word to you. I have given my own life to you. It's right inside of you. The one that's inside of you is greater than the one that is in the world. He never loses a power. It's always inside of you working. As long as you don't tamper with it. As long as you just believe it. Let the God's word take his course. When God's will is rolling. And it was always rolling. Sometimes it's slow, but though it is slow, but it's still rolling. You just let the word take its course. You just believe what the word of God has already said. And to live your life and go along, you will find out eventually what you have received is not a dormant at all. It's always a bring things to pass. Even the same sign in the dark age of the Lord, it doesn't move at all. But God has to put a seed in there. The seed has to be to drop into the darkness so that it can bring back many fold, a hundred fold. It's not God doesn't move, but God has a confidence to the seed that he has to put it into you. When we look at the conquering, when we look at the mighty God, we're always thinking that, oh, God, come to my situation, solve this as a problem right away. God is a mighty conqueror, but when he conquered, he used it a different way than the worldly people has been used. So when God doing things, he's led to the things that you have, he led the word, the life that you have received, he's led it as the time goes on, and then he's led that word to fix the problem. So we see God is a God of a 
mighty God. He's a conquering God. But God is also a God of keeping. He's not only just a conquering, he's also a keeper. He's not only just, um, uh, how to say this, he's not only just like um, uh, transforming you and just uh, leave you and don't do anything. He can transform you, he can also keep you. Young people, remember this. He can transform you, he can also keep what he has transformed. It's not that you're living here on this or the earth. It's just, on, just going to the church. It's just listening to the service and then the, and go home and live a life. There's a keeping power that is inside of the word. In the John 17, verse 11 said, And now I'm no more in the world, but there are, but this are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thy own name. Because of whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was wisdom in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost. What a confidence that gave it to him. When he came, he said, none of them was lost. I have kept them. If you just look at a situation, you're thinking, it's contrary. Peter, he rejected Jesus. Those disciples, they run away. They don't know what to do. But Jesus said, I have kept them. None of them has lost. God looking forward our way. We're only looking things right in front of us. But when God looks at things, what he saw is totally different from what we saw. He not only have the transforming power, but he also have the keeping power. He can keep his children even in the most difficult situation. He said, I still can keep you. And I have already kept you. No matter how hard the situation goes, no matter how difficult the things that seemingly that you are facing, Every day of your life, but he said, my transforming power just as the same as my keeping power. Amen. To keep, it means to guard, to protect. But that keep, it also coming from the word to see. So that means when God said, I keep you, it doesn't necessarily, he was holding you, embracing you. And just make your life easier, like a little baby. Don't let any harm on you. Seems that it just everything just goes as well. No. His, his keeping is a, I see it. His keeping is a, I'm guarding you. To the certain extension, when Satan tries to do something, he cannot harm you. He might be looking very ferocious, but he can't harm you. He might be going to make you sick, but he cannot take your life away because God is a healer. You said, what if I died? Death is only a jumping board from this world go to another world. Why? Because God said, my eyes has been watching you. No one can take you away from me. Maybe sometime you feel that, oh, what about my children? 
It seems like they're like the prodigal son. It seems like they don't have the experience with the Lord. Don't you forget, he's a keeper. The keeping means he's watching you. When he's watching you, he sees that. He saw the situation. Because he saw the situation, he is a Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah sees. If Jehovah sees, that means that Jehovah will provide. To see means to be a spectator, to look at, to behold, to view attentively. It's not means that he would just look at you haphazardly. He look at you attentively. He said that this word is not a use of any indifferent spectator, but of a one who looks at a thing with interest and for a purpose. When God looks at you, he's not looking at you without interest. He looks at you with all the interest. He said, I look at you for your benefit. I'm ready to move. When the devil it seems like you're going to snatch you out of the way, God said, stop right there. When seemingly that the situation coming to the breaking point, God said, the devil, stop right there. That's God sees. He's not to look at you without interest, but he'll look at you with very much interest. And he'll look at you with a purpose too. That's why one, one, uh, one of uh, the verse that we just read, when Abraham offered Isaac, it's seemingly that God doesn't move at all. But God just said, go to sacrifice your child, your only, only boy, and Isaac. But you see, Abraham, he knows God enough. He doesn't, uh, he probably doesn't have a revelation what this is going to be. But all God wants Abraham to have is, uh, you follow what I say. Many times God has wanted us to do things is not when we feel we understand, then we do it. A lot of times you find out you do things according to God's word, almost feel like blindly you're going to do it. It's not God trying to explain to you, you know, one plus one equals two. This happened, that will happen. God just said it's his word. He just said, I'm your healer. He just said, by my stripes, you are healed. How? I don't know. But that's the word of a God. If the word of a God has a sense, so that's he required us to believe. Why? Because he's a Jehovah Jireh. He saw that he, thus he provide. So when he asked Abraham to offer his son and Isaac, he didn't give us a whole explanation about what he was going to do. Abraham never saw the ram going to be caught in the thicket. Abraham never saw the thousands of years ago, Jesus Christ, the real lamb of God, is going to be the cross, put on the cross. He doesn't know anything of that. But he just followed the word of God has said. You find out that that's the secret in the believer's life. If God says so, Lord, I believe it. There's no more explanation. You can reveal that. You don't have to reveal it. And I don't need to explain it. I don't have to explain that in order for me to believe. I don't have to explain that in order for my family to believe. Lord, you have said, that's thus says the Lord. And then when Abraham started to put out Isaac on that altar and to put it on the woods and everything, 
And Isaac even asked, so there's a wood, there's a fire, but where's the sacrifice? Abraham doesn't know. He doesn't know how this thing's going to happen. But he just said, the Lord will provide. Lord will do this. I don't know. Don't ask me. I have no mind that whatsoever to know how this situation is going to end. No way. I don't understand. But I know enough to just follow what is the word of a God, as I said. And when he do that, he was coming to another point, get his, his knife up, almost thrust it into his, his throat, and want to cut his open and put him as a sacrifice. Then God come on the scene. You find out God always come on a scene, seemingly like the last moment. But he sees, that's why he provides. So when God said that, he looked at Abraham, he was in such a obedience to what God's word has said. When he do that, it moved God so much. Then God said, stop Abraham. He said, not you do this, I will provide a ram. I will provide a sacrifice. When you follow the word of God, no matter what situation, no matter what comes, what goes, guess what? God will come on us in. He said, it's not you are providing, it's not you are providing the rent, but I will providing the rent for you. Here's the Jehovah Jireh. When he saw Abraham move, and according to God's word, then God moved on to the sin. And to provide a sacrifice for Abraham. And when God doing that, it moves God so much. And when he saw Abraham will follow his word. And God has to come down, not only just give him a ram, not only just uh, let uh, provide the sacrifice to Abraham, but God has to come the second time and to bless Abraham. And at, in the uh, book of Genesis 22 and to the 12, and he said, Lay not thy hand and upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, from me. And then in the 15th verse, an angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. He moved God in such a way. He said, I provided a ram. But that's not enough. He said, Abraham, I want to bless you a second time. Because you've done such an honorable thing. You don't understand. You don't have much of a revelation. But just because of the simple action that you do, you follow my word. He said, I'm going to bless you the second time. When you follow the word of God, you'll find out he will move God so much. He's not only just give you the healing. He's not only just give you the deliverance. But God wanted to reveal more, far bigger picture than what he has to reveal to you. It's just like in Abraham, he's revealed it to him a second time and it manifests to Abraham. And I said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy sign, thy only son. That in blessing, I will bless thee. And in multiplying, I will multiply thy seed. As the stars of the heaven. And as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. 
And in thy seed shall as all the nation of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. If a believer gives their whole heart to the Lord, if they believe in what is the word of a God has said, God will put a double portion of a blessing to the person. And it's not only just God who gave us a naturally what we have in a need that on the earth, but spiritually he will give us a, the supernatural blessing that is from heaven. Think about it just by believing that the word. I come from China and coming into the Canada. I never saw the word, uh, uh, not much that I saw about it, but just uh, the Lord, this is your word. I want to believe your word. God gave me my wife. God gave me my children. God gave me the church that I can go to. God gave me the word. And God let me go to China to bring this word to the people. Let us translate it in the message. Let us translate it in the Bible. Why? Just because you follow the word of a God. If God can do that to me, God can do that to you too. Just by following the word. The brother Branham said in the Jehovah Jireh, he said, no matter what your need is now, God has already provided a ram for your sacrifice. God has already provided a way for your eternal life. God has provided a lamb for your resurrection. God has provided a ram to take those gray hairs and a wrinkled face and to return them back to new man and a woman that again. God has provided a way to strengthen that crooked hand. God has provided a way to take death of a cancer away from you and put life in there. God's sacrifice has already been provided. What a word that we heard. What a message in this hour God gave it to us. Without this world being in the total darkness. But when we heard it, when we had obeyed it, and it gave us a double portion of a blessing and it dropped it down to us. And I was thinking about to those brothers. You probably have heard that. Uh, brother Ed has uh, shared it with you. Brother Caleb and uh, the last brother has been uh, released from the prison. And all four of them has been released now. And, uh, you know, during those times, you never, uh, we, we don't know what's, what's happened. And I remember the last year when uh, in March, as, uh, probably just a few days uh, uh, when we're, uh, the, uh, we're going through the, the pandemic, then the COVID hit. And uh, just uh, in the, uh, uh, the months of the March, and then those uh, brothers was uh, put, in, uh, put in jail. And some of them uh, just, uh, Brother Caleb was just released, that he was in jail for 20 months. And not a one time that he was allowed to see his wife. And not a one time allowed to see his, uh, his young boy. And the only time is just uh, once every two months that on the Zoom, on the video, that he can uh, uh, have uh, about a few minutes, uh, five minutes, that uh, with his wife, and with the people that was monitoring it, that can't see much. But you see, as I said, God not only has the transforming power, but God also has the keeping power. Because he's the Jehovah Jireh. He's the one that sees that he's the one that's going to provide. 
You know that uh, uh, Julius Caesar, that a great, uh, the greater general and an emperor of, uh, of the Rome. And he said to the one famous thing, he said that I came, I saw, I conquer. But let me add to this. When Jesus come, he said, I came, I saw, I conquer, and also kept. That is his whole purpose. He's not only just come and I saw your need and it conquers your heart, but he said, what I conquered, I can also keep. What I have changed, I can also keep. What I promised to you, I will keep my promise till the eternity. And as to the brother that when he was arrested, and uh, the police said that he came in, and even before that, I was thinking about, this is not a man saw, but God saw it. Even before this come, God has already saw the things that's going to happen. And even before that, he was, uh, he was arrested just a few days before. He was arrested. He was uh, listening to one of the service that our, our brother, uh, brother Bisco, that was uh, the preaching. And in that service, our brother Bisco, then the preacher said, uh, he had quoted the scripture, said, uh, you know, the Lord said to the, I, uh, the, the offering and the sacrifice that you are not pleased, uh, but you prepared me a body. And one brother, uh, uh, brother Caleb, I hear that uh, preaching. This is just about uh, two, three days before uh, he was arrested. When he heard that, and something just moving inside of him. And he said, Lord, this is the body that you prepared for me. I want to offer my body as a sacrifice. And our servants are moving in him so much that he dedicated his life to the Lord. And even before these things that happened, we know God has already started to prepare the person. You know, before things that happened, God also prepared us. By what? By his word. That's always the way that God prepared his children. By his word in this hour. What do you think you come to church for? Prepare for the upcoming event. What do you think you're going home and listening to the service, listening to the message for? Prepare for the upcoming event. The things that God made it for you, that God prepare you, is not just for right now that you maybe you're going through. What God is preparing you is for the upcoming event. In China, the one time in 19, uh, uh, 1976, they have the biggest earthquake ever. Probably not, not even people here ever heard of it. In 1976, I was just five years old. And in one of the city, uh, just um, probably a few hundred miles of the way from my, my city was at that. It's called Tangshan. That's the greatest, the biggest earthquake that ever happened that in China. And uh, that earthquake caused about half a million people's death. Half a million people. What is the population of Edmonton? About a million. Half of the city is all gone. This is dead. And the rest of them, over a million people, become handicapped. After the earthquake, the whole street, they have to make the wheelchair street. Because of all of them, either they lost their arm or they lost their leg. The whole city was wept out. You know why that happened? Because the same type of earthquake happened in Japan. Probably only caused about 100 people death. Probably maybe the, 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 the building was shaking or something. But this earthquake across the whole city was wept to the, to the ground. 
And not even one building stand. 1976. My city, I felt that earthquake. We're not in the epicenter. But we felt that at midnight, at 3 o'clock, we all, the building was shaking. My mom has to holding me, wrap me in the blanket and drag me out of a bed and run out of the, on the street. And we don't know what's happened. And for days, we dared not to go back to home. And that city, they said that the reason that earthquake caused so much damage, so many people died, because that city was uh, supposedly not at the earthquake belt. I don't know if that's the word, but, uh, you know, Japan or California is on the earthquake belt. They're, they're prepared for it. They know the earthquake is, uh, is going to come. So that's why they have the building code and everything. They made it specific for the earthquake coming. But that city, in that uh, place, is not in that, uh, uh, the earthquake, of, uh, the, the belt there. So they're building that everything is not prepared for it. So that's why when uh, they, they call this uh, thousands of a year, they'll probably have this type of earthquake. When that earthquake hit, they wept the whole city off. But you see, when God prepared us, it's just like that. Some people, they've never been prepared themselves because they thought, oh, this will never happen to me. You know, this, uh, just like that city, it seems like it never happened that before. But you see, the message in this hour coming to us is to prepare us for the upcoming event. You know, people, during the COVID, even though I have one friend that is coming to me, and he's a Christian. And he coming over to me and uh, just not long ago, he said, you know, the church world, he said, we're devastated. He said that the marriage life devastated during this COVID time. It's about a year and a half. He said that uh, uh, the children, they're devastated. He said that the people, they just, uh, the young people, they just go to the world. Why? He said, before, I said, why? He said, well, we have uh, all the program in our church. We have this program, we have that program. We prepare, that we gear it up for the young people. We have the camp meeting. We have a summer camp or the winter camp. We have a different, the, the basketball team, a, a basketball or the volleyball, a, the game for the young people. We have all the program, the gaming, uh, geared it up for our young people. But when a COVID came, None of this program can help them because we cannot do that anymore. When the program is gone, the young people is gone. Why? I said, you know what's the problem? It's just like that earthquake. You prepare them wrong. You didn't prepare them with the word in this hour. You just use your program and all those kind of things to prepare them. When a small earthquake will come, that can hold them. But when a big earthquake come, nothing going to hold them, but only the word of God can hold them. They're not prepared for it. But let us understand when God gave us a message, it's not just coming to the church. It's not just having this program and that program. This message is to prepare us for the body change. This message is to prepare us for the great shaking to come. Because anything can be shaken, will be shaken. But only those things that is unmovable, that cannot be shaken. We have a kingdom of God. It cannot be shaken. That is the word made manifest in your life. But they're not prepared for it. And it's seemingly that was that they're just going through the life. And all of a sudden, that great event come. 
But you see, God always prepared his children. While he's a preparing, you say, I'm not in an epicenter. You know, I'm not in a, in a really, in, in, a, in a tremendous need. I'm just, a, but you, you should be thankful for that. That means that God prepare you. Because there is a greater event that is coming. You're thinking about if without the word, how are you going to be still sitting in the pew without going to the world? But because the word has prepared it to you, even during the darkest hour, even during the hardest situation, but you can still breathe through of them. Why? Because God's word not only conquer, but he can keep what he conquered. And this word is to prepare it at us. And then one of those brothers, and then a brother Caleb, when he heard that service, and the Lord already started preparing for him. And then he was one day, he was, a, he was just a preach, uh, just preparing it at a preaching. Then one scripture is made very real to him. And it's, it's in 2 Timothy 4, 6, for I am now ready to be offered. He said he feels so strange to move. And he doesn't know what is it. But it's just the scripture making it real to him. And then he said, Lord, am I ready to be offered? He said, the time of a departure is at hand. You think about it. This word is preparing us. And when he was in that moment, he doesn't even know what's going to happen. But he feels something strangely moved. You know, no matter how many programs, how many things that you try to prepare to yourself, but without the word to prepare you, you cannot overcome. And then during that time, then it started to, almost all the scripture that was the preaching is pointing to that. Are you ready? Are you ready to be offered? God needed a body. He doesn't need just a sacrifice, just an offering. He needs your body to be that offering. He needs not to sacrifice just your wisdom and giving him your ability. He wants your whole being. When he was sharing it with the congregation, and before he knew it, that became his last service. He said, Lord, I'm ready to be offered. And then uh, just uh, before the police came, and the Lord just started moving in him, he feels strangely moved. He wanted to hide to the Bibles because we printed all this Bible. And just think about how the Lord is doing things. And uh, there is about uh, 20,000 Bibles. And uh, as we printed, and then uh, this brother, without me knowing it, he said, I want to. I said, I cannot just have the Bible in my hand just without the people reading it. Even some brothers has asked him, said, don't risk it. You know, just do it slowly. He said to the brother, he said, I'm not saying how long I can last. He said, I want to see how soon I can finish the work of the Lord. And he started to put on the line. He started to distributing it. Just within about a month or two, 20,000 Bibles goes to all Some go to the three self church, some go to the underground church, and some go to the different believers, the Christians. Some of the Bible even went to the Bible schools. The government of the Bible schools, you don't know where the Bibles went. But just within about a month or two, 
and all this 20,000 Bibles is all gone. And when the police come, they didn't get one Bible. They only got his own Bible. God is a supernatural God. But he prepared it. Why? Because he see it. And he can only use it a person can obedient to his voice. I'd always tell my children, I said, honey, you must be on speaking term with God. Then when things that happen, you can speak to him and he can answer you. And then uh, just that day before he was arrested, he was sitting on the table there just, uh, uh, just reading this, this Bible. And then there was a voice speaking to him, said, they're coming. And he, was, uh, he didn't know what it meant. Then a voice would come again and said, they're coming. And then just at that time, he put his cell phone, he got a two cell phone, and he put his cell phone, uh, hide it. And just after he hide it, and uh, he heard the door uh, knocking. And he opened up the door. And the voice said to him again, they're here. And he opened up the door, he saw the police came. And the police looked at him and said, uh, you must be very surprised that why we're here. Then he said, uh, no. He said, I know you'll be here. And now he said, the police got surprised. <laughs> so they're coming in. And he started to search. Then he just telling his son, he said, delete, uh, tell mom to delete whatever that is in that phone. And then the police started to search and they get his cell phone. And the search, uh, just asked him to open it up and uh, get all this conversation and everything. But they didn't find that cell phone. That cell phone has all the information of the believers and everything. And then uh, where he got to the, the Bible goes. So his, his wife just said at the right time. And he got that and deleted the whole thing. And the, the police without the finding is God has already prepared even before the things as it happened. There's nothing to be feared about. No matter what situation you're going through, God said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm not only just a provide, I see. See what? See you obey. Obey what is the word of God has said. Does he saw your difficulty? Yes. Does he saw your situation? Yes. But he also saw that you obey the word of God. He also saw that you follow what is the word of God has said. He also saw you have faith to believe what is the word has said. When he see that, when he saw that, he said, I'm Jehovah Jireh. I will provide a sacrifice for you. And then I was thinking about the, the, the other brother that was arrested with him. There's so many... Uh, testimonies in here, I don't have the time to go into all of them, but I'll just pick up some. Even the one young man who was only 23 years old. How many 23 years old here? No? Anyway, he was just a young brother. And he just came into the message uh, not very long. And uh, he was arrested and put into the jail with Brother Caleb and all the rest of them. And when he was in the in the jail, and he felt, you know, believers go through a rough time. Believer doesn't claim that we're superhuman. We know everything, what to do. But we believe there's a supernatural God. Right. And so he was in there, so he feel down. He said, Lord, why, you know, I've been here. Can't see my parents. I can't be with the believers. 
20 months that you have to think about it. They don't have a Bible to read. They don't have a message book they can read. They don't have a message tape that they can listen to. And just a day and night, every day, they have to work 12 hours. And from a Monday to, Friday, uh, to Saturday, his only day off is on a Sunday. But even on Sunday, nobody allowed to have a Bible. Nobody allowed everything. You just hear what is the, uh, the government has to telling you about the news and things. They have to brainwash them. And so this brother Caleb said, he said that they did a good job. They definitely tried to brainwash us. And they have done that real good. All oh, they just bombarded them. But then the way he said, though they can brainwash my brain, but they couldn't brainwash my soul. Because that soul has given to the Lord. And this brother, we call him a brother Nail. That's how he gave himself the, uh, the name of Nail. You know the Nail? And he said, I want to be like a nail. When the Lord hammers me in, nobody's going to pull me out of it. And so he was in the, in the jail there. And it was a field down and I don't know what. And it just, uh, you know, sometimes, did you feel that sometimes you pray, you feel there's no answer? It seems like you pray, it doesn't feel the surge that's coming into you. But you keep on praying. You keep on believing. No matter you feel it or don't feel it. And it's a young brother. He said, the Lord, he said, uh, he said, you know, I feel down, and Lord, uh, I, I just want to know you, that you're still pleasing with me. Lord, is there anything that you can show to me? That it, uh, it Just give me the revival, Lord. I don't want to be in the jail, just become a down, and just a sorrowful. And he was after the work. And uh, actually, in, in that day, uh, he didn't finish his, his quota. They're making clothes. So probably one of your clothes was made by those prisoners. And he was uh, making the clothes there. And he didn't finish his, his quota. And then they, uh, uh, this, uh, they actually uh, rebuked him and uh, uh, they punished him. And then he coming out and every, uh, the prisoners had to line up. And uh, uh, before they uh, opened uh, the gate for them to go uh, from the, uh, the factory, go back to their cell. And when they line up, they have to put their hands at the, the back. And so, so everybody put their hand. He was lined up just in one line. And he just happened, just uh, looked down. And he was uh, so surprised. He saw that the person in front of him holding a book, a little book, black book, that on his, his hand. When he was there, he looked at that. And he looked at it. He looked at it again. In that little black book, it said, uh, Holy Bible. That was the two words that it in there. When he looked at that, he said, that's incredible. He said, there's no way for people can have a Bible in here. And when he saw that, he said, isn't this the Bible that I've been hungry and thirsting day and night? And he looked at that, he doesn't even, he hasn't even read it in the Bible, but just saw that two words, the Holy Bible, and the tears started running down. He said, Jake, and he said, the Lord, I know this it's the purpose that I'm here. Amen. I'm not here just because they said, you know, you do this. Or that. I'm not a criminal. Even though the brother Kenneb said, he said, not one minute that in that prison I feel I'm a prisoner. He said, not even one minute I feel there is the police. He said, I have more freedom than what those the police that have. And this is a brother, he would look at that in the Bible. That's the two words. And he look at that, the tears are running down from his cheek. And uh, then uh, he, uh, all of a sudden he woke it up and he looked at it again. The person's gone. 
And from that day on, he never see that person anymore. You know what? I believe God put an angel just right in front of this young man to tell him that I see. I'm a Jehovah Jireh. I saw your situation. I saw your down moment. I saw your sorrow. I saw your weakness. But I'm the Jehovah Jireh. I'm the provider. When I see it, I even just provided a two-word holy Bible that brings a revival in this young man's heart. He go back to his jail. He was laying under the bed there. And the pillow was soaking with the tears. He was praising God silently because he cannot utter voice. Because whoever said, praise the Lord over there, please are going to come. They said, if you have an abnormal behavior, they're going to put them into the ground and start to punish them. He said, it's just tear running down. He just has to use the pillow to put it on his own head without crying out. But Lord, bring the revival to that young man. Even in that situation, he said, Jehovah, he saw what a need is. And there's another brother. His, his name is Brother Timothy. And it just saw, uh, it was a young man, he just getting married less than a year. And it was his new wife. Uh, and then he was uh, put in jail because of the, the Bible. And when he was uh, in there to serve his, uh, no, serve his uh, the sentence, the year and a half over there. And then he uh, coming back, uh, coming out. When he came out, and he said that the first thing I do, he said, I go back home. He said, I opened up the, the Bible I've been longing for for so long. And he started reading the Bible. You know what verse he goes to? The first verse he'd opened up is Hebrews 13, 23. Know ye that our brother Timothy is a set of the liberty. And his name is Timothy. He doesn't have he does, before he doesn't even have an English name. When I was there about two, three years ago, I was there, he asked Brother Murphy, he said, uh, I want to call, give me an English name. He said, what English name should I have? I said, I don't know. And he said, uh, you know what, I'm going to call myself a Timothy. He said, because uh, Timothy is uh, Paul's an apostle. And he's, uh, he said, I want to I be a follower uh, of a Paul. He said, I want to be a, just, uh, I want to give my name a Timothy. That's how he got his name, Brother Timothy. But little he know, God has already saw. He's a Jehovah Jireh. He already saw what is coming. And he named himself a Timothy. And when he doesn't even know that scripture exists. Do you know that scripture exists? I don't think any one of us has read that scripture or mean something. Just a surging in you, feel excited. It's just our brother Timothy was set at liberty. You know what? Because nobody can claim that scripture. But only him, he can claim that scripture. That scripture laying there for thousands of years, seemingly to just a scripture, or Brother Timothy was set at liberty. Paul probably just felt excited that Timothy was set at liberty. But God has saved that scripture. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even that scripture Paul wrote in 2,000 years ago. But God said, I have another Timothy. When he was released, he's going to need this scripture. Nobody can claim it, but God saved that for him. Said that when you come out, you open up that scripture. I made that scripture specifically tailor-made just for you. 
or how we're thankful for Malachi 4. For thousands of years, nobody can claim that scripture. But in this age, God sent on a messenger. He said that he shall turn the heart of our children back to the Father. Nobody can claim it, but we can claim it. Lord, this heart of our children has a back to the Father already. Thousands of years that nobody can claim that scripture, but we can claim it. Thousands of years that nobody can claim it. 17 to 30, we say, Lord, that scripture is for this age. Thousands of years, book of Revelation chapter 10, 1, there's another mighty angel coming down with a rainbow right on the cloud. Nobody can claim it, but a prophet pointing to that scripture. Now we can claim that scripture. All those people, they only saw the vision of it. John saw the vision of it. But we are living right here. Peter, John, James, on the Mount of a Transfiguration, they saw the Jesus glorified with a white linen and everything. They only saw it in the vision. They only saw that in the rehearsal mode, if I can see it. They only saw that in the future years to come. But now we are living right here. The cloud has come. The pillar of fire has been manifested. This is not a rehearsal, but this is the real deal. We're living right in that. Nobody can claim no scripture. Chapter of Book of Revelation, chapter 10, 7. There's a seventh angel coming down. When he starts to sound, then all the mystery of God has been finished. Now we're living right in it. And then in chapter 10, 8, said the goal to take that book. And we're living right in it. And it said that the prophet said it again. We are living right in it. Nobody can claim all the scripture, but the bride of Jesus Christ, they can claim because this is our scripture. But God saved that just for this age that we're living in. When God sees it, He's not only just see it, He also sees you through. To see it also means He sees to it. He will make sure you go to the end, He will make sure you finish the work. He's not just seeing that. Without doing anything, he's always a God. When he saw, he got action, follows it. He's the God that can keep. That's why in the John 6, 37, he said, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that comes to me, I will in no wise cast it out. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will. Jesus said, I'm not coming here to do my own will. He's only got one purpose. He's here to do Father's will. What is the Father's will? He said, this is the Father's will which has sent me. This is singular. God had a one will that Jesus coming down to carry it out. Has that that of all which he has given me, I should lose 
nothing. That's the will of the Father that Jesus coming down to fulfill his one will that is all that the Father has given me. I should lose nothing. But should raise it up again at the last day. Even you're dead. He said, I will raise them up in the last day. That's the will of the Lord. How safe you are. How safe I am. Because of Jesus' will to carry God's will, that is no matter what situation you're in, I'm not going to lose you. You have a backslider, children? He said, don't you worry, I'm not going to lose you. Because that's the Father, His will to send me. If that's the will of the Father has been sent, Jesus said, I shall lose nothing. How much more he will keep your children? How much more he will keep your family? Even that he said, your hair has been counted. Doesn't Brother Branham said, he said, his wife said, Bill, you got to bold it. He said, I haven't lost one. He said, where are they? He said, where I get them before they come? He said, now they're there waiting for me. Why? Because there's a word here. He said, I should lose nothing. Not even your hair will be loosed. He said, the, the, the brother Ram said that when he was in the, beyond the curtain of a time, and in there he said, to, the voice said to him, you'll be with, you're with your people. He said, all you love and all that love you, I will give it unto you. I said in my church over there, I said, even his dog is there. Fritz is there. Even his horse is there. Prince is there. If a horse and dog can be there, how much more that you love the word of God in this hour? You know why they're there? Because God said everything that has to serve God's purpose, God will give them a resurrection. It's not all the dogs. But it's a brother Branham's dog. It's not all the horses, but it's a his horse. Why they serve the purpose? The dog chased the raccoon to the tree so that he can skin him and get a pelt to the pain of the tuition. The horse has that he's riding on to send him to the school. Even they serve the purpose of that. God said, I will give them the resurrection. Now, how much more when you serve the purpose of a God, God will give you a resurrection. And they give your family a resurrection. Whatever that's to serve the purpose of a God, God will give them a resurrection. He's the God of transforming. He's also a God can keep what he transformed. Even dead, he said, I will raise them up as the last day. Because he said, I shall, what the Lord has given to me, I shall lose nothing. No matter how wayward they are. No matter what situation they're in. No matter how hopeless they were thinking that situation is. But God has said, that's the reason I sent Jesus. It's for one reason, will, that none of them shall be lost. He's a Jehovah Jireh. He sees. That's why he provides. That's from God's side. 
he sees. He's a God that sees, not without, not with a indifferent interest, but he sees you attentively. He sees you with interest. He sees you with a purpose. Very attentively, he looks at you. But do you know that same word used for us too? In John 6, 40, sorry, John 12, 44, Jesus cried and said, He that believes on me, believes not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that sees me, sees him that sent me. What is a see? Look attentively. It's look with interest. Look with a purpose. It's almost like gazing at, focus at, without a distraction. Everything, he was looking on that. And he said, he that sees me, sees him that sent me. It's not just to look at him, it's just to gaze at him. Behold him. Fix your eyes on him. Don't look at other things, but look at this one. If you see him, you see the one that has sent him. He said, yet a little while and the world sees me not. See me no more, but ye see me. Because I live, ye shall live also. The world would have seen him, but he can't see him. The world cannot focus their eye on him, but you can focus your eye on him. When God looks at you with interest, that's behooved to us. We look at him with the same intensity, with the same focus. Look him with interest. Look him with a purpose. There's only one purpose we're here, rapture. There's only one purpose that we'll look at him. This word will give us a body change. If you seize this with intensity, if you seize the word with everything that's in you, you saw the one that sent the word to us. Let me wrap it up over here. But remember talking about that other woman that washed Jesus' feet. In end time evangelism, he said, do you notice the woman washing Jesus' feet? She never asked for a blessing. She just looked there. Remember, what is a see? You got to look at it with intensity. You got to look at that with interest. See always followed action. When God see, he put into the action. When God saw the certain things that need to be done, God was put into the action. He started acting. And that same see, God gave it to us. When you saw there's a certain things need to be done with interest, with purpose, with the intensity, is always followed that action behind it. He said that a woman, when she was looking at her, and she just looked at there, and there, he said, those hypocrites trying to make fun of him, degraded his character. That's all those Pharisees tried to do. But this woman, when she saw, she didn't see, oh, to ridicule Jesus. She didn't see that uh, 
she was uh, trying to rebuke him, trying to make it a hypocrite. She saw with interest. She saw that it was a purpose. She sees something that all those people hasn't saw. She just looked at there. She wasn't asking nothing. She just seen it need to be done. Amen. That's in an end time evangelism. She saw with his intensity. Then she saw totally different than those hypo hypocrite Pharisees had seen. She saw Jesus got a dirty feet. Those people, though there has a high stand, though they are, they are Pharisees, they are, they are, if you, you can call them a holy man, but they never saw Jesus got a dirty feet. But there's a little prostitute, as low as she can be, but she saw there's a something need to be done. The most humblest part, the most lowest part of Jesus' body, she got a, he got a dirty feet. The most humblest part is dirty. It's not anointing his head, but his feet is dirty. This woman said something need to be done. Jesus, the humblest part in his body, his feet is dirty. There's a work need to be done. I was thinking about those brothers in China. Do you know if I put it on a whole, the believers that I know in China, probably combine them all together about the size of this congregation. But you know, when they saw Jesus' body, when they saw Jesus got a dirty feet, there was something that's in them. They didn't ask. When they look at it, they see with interest. They see that it was a purpose in there. They said something need to be done. We cannot just waiting for the Canadians to come to help us. We cannot just waiting for the U.S. to come to help us. Jesus' feet is dirty. Something need to be done. Have you saw that Jesus' feet is dirty? People put a smut on this message. People that can talk about a message but cannot leave the message. Jesus' feet got dirty. We have our children that need to be saved. Jesus' feet still dirty. Something need to be done. Not just to talk about a message, but live the message. Church cannot be a powerless church. The church needs to be, have a power in them. Something needs to be done. All the rest of them are just to try to entertain. But this woman said, something needs to be done. When she saw Jesus got a dirty feet, something sort of driven in him. But Harold, I thought about you. I think about the years that you put it in to the work in Malawi, in Uganda, in all those countries, in African countries. What is that? The lowest part, the humblest part of Jesus' body still got a dirty feet. When that woman saw that, she said, something need to be done here. Nobody doing it. The disciples not doing it. The Pharisees is not doing it. But that little woman, she saw it. I thought, Brother Harold, you went to the different 
different countries in, the, in Africa and to get the message to them. What have you done? You're washing Jesus' dirty feet. And now they have a message. And we just, uh, last year, we just helped the Uganda to print 10,000 Bibles. Why? Because Jesus got a dirty feet. Can you imagine in Uganda, in about two or three years, that there's a ton, tens of a thousand, even not hundreds of thousands of people receive the message. But you know what? Brother Tim, go to there. The whole church, people not even have a one, have a Bible. Only that the preacher got the Bible. They're out of the, from the denomination. They just came out of from a Baptist and a Methodist. I was thinking about how are they, what, what they did in all these years. They're in a denomination. They just wanted the preacher to have the Bible. They, the congregation, don't even have a Bible. Jesus got a dirty feet. But thank God, there's a little woman, Saul, Jesus got a dirty feet. And then we helped them to the print of the 10,000 Uganda Bible. We helped them to the print of the 15,000 seven church ages in their own language. We helped them to the believers in China donated 1,000 MP3 players that a mini speaker for them. With SD card, with all the, uh, the 1,200 uh, English message and also the Luganda message that in that SD card so that he can listen to it. Why? Jesus got a dirty feet. It just taken a one woman, low as low as it can be, and she saw Jesus got a dirty feet. You know, Jesus never asked her, you're a prostitute. Jesus never said, you're not clean. You're not even worthy to wash my feet. Jesus never checked her. You know why? Because Jesus got a need. When Jesus' feet need to be washed, he doesn't check that person. How, how unability, unable that you are. He doesn't check how dirty you are. He doesn't check, you know, what's your, you know you're this a problem or that problem. You are worthy or you are not worthy. He's the worthy one. When Jesus' feet was washed, he can forgive. He can wash. He can clean. All lays in the Lamb of God. But Jesus got a dirty feet. That brother Caleb, he never even tell me he's going to put this Bible online. Because he know if he tell me, I wouldn't let him do it. I know it's dangerous. China passed a law. Every Bible online must be taken off. There's a, no Amazon can send Bible. We try to send a two Bible from Amazon. They all been returned. They check every package. There's a, no way to get it. But this brother, he never even asked me. You know why? Jesus got a dirty feet. When he was in jail last year, the 20 months. Devil thinking that he's a victorious one. Devil thought that he has done great damage. But you know, God always is smarter than him. God is always a sea and he provide. In that one year, when the, all these brothers, they're the, they're the most people help with the transition work too. 
They use their artificial intelligence to try, do the first the translation of the message. Then it goes through to the proofreading. It just started the last year. As soon as it started, it is a process, the devil put them in jail. And then they print in the book, a message book of thousands by thousands with the home printer. Just like what you did, Brother Harold. In the basement, they printed the message, getting the message out to the people. That's what they did. They printed thousands of them and they mailed it out to the Bible school even. Everywhere they go. And then within a few months, Satan shut them down. Confiscated our printer, confiscated our stapler, everything. But you know, God had never been defeated. And then when we saw that, we went through the panic time. What are we going to do? But God sees. God always has action. But he used you for the action. It's not you just watching him doing it. He said, I give you enough power. What you do with it? You said, I don't have it. You have the hair. I provided it to you. You have the tear. I provided it to you. You have the anointment. You have the money that I put under your bed. You can buy an anointment, can wash Jesus' feet, can anoint it as a feet. You have the ability that you could do. Do you understand what I'm saying? When we saw that, the brother was put in jail. And then just some of the sisters just came in in a message in less than five years. And actually the brother, this, this couple, they're coming over because of one of their friends believed the cult. Believed this message. And they were sent by their church headquarters coming over to try to pursue that sister out of the cult. Because they called themselves spiritual. So they came in over, tried to pursue that sister out of the cult. But instead, when they come to the service, time after time after time, they become the cult. <laughs> and just a few years back, we baptized them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, God see. He provide. And just the last year... This two cult, this two that came into the cult, they become the main person. They said, those brothers are in jail. We cannot just uh, let them to uh, have the, the privilege to be persecuted and then uh, cause the blessing. We wanted the blessing too. He said, we want to do this work. So they start to translate in a message. Just in the one year, last year alone. Till now, we translated more than 300 messages. By God's grace, now, right now, we have over 1,000 messages has been translated into Chinese. And Lord willing, next year, we're going to finish all the message. It will be another language. That all Branham's message will be translated in full. Why? Because Jesus got a dirty feet. And she saw the need. And she rushed to it. She doesn't know that what she had. All she had, she just got a hair. She just got a tear. But that's all God needs. 
God doesn't need a whole lot from you. God just need what he already that he given to you. When that woman starts washing Jesus' feet and a tears drop on her feet. She got nothing to do. She got no word. But God provided. He's a Jehovah Jireh. He sees. Then he provides. He provides a tear that's already in her. He provided a hair that's already in her. Already on her. And if you want to take the ornament and to put on Jesus' feet. You know what? When she was washing, when she was uh, with her hair, tried to dry it. And she started beyond herself. She started kissing. She started kissing Jesus' feet. Sometimes we do things abnormal. We do things that the people in the world feel odd. But that's God ordained to do. You think about those brothers is doing the things that even though the police don't understand. It's the why you're so young. Why you do this? The brother Caleb was only 35 years old. He said, why are you doing that? With your wife, with your boy who's only five years old. Are you crazy? But you know what? Jesus' feet got dirty. They don't understand, but he knows. God got a will. He went in the jail there. Just in the detention center while they're investigating him. And they put another young boy that are coming in there just sitting there. Just right in front of him. Because they're going to both send him to jail uh, to uh, serve their sentence. He looked at a young boy. That young boy just bowed his uh, lowers his head there. And he started to, uh, he started to pray. That young boy looked at him and said, uh, uh, what are you? He said, oh, I'm a Christian. Oh, the young boy said, oh, I'm a Muslim. It's uh, as I'm coming from a certain province. That province, you probably heard that they have the re-education camp. That's all the Muslims there. And he said, I'm a Muslim. And then uh, he started asking, well, what's your reason you're here? And he said, I'm a reason because of the Bible. Then he started witnessing to him. And as he was a witness to him, something touched that young boy's life. The tears are running down. He said, this God I can serve. He said, can I receive what you have received? And he lead him right there just at the last moment before he sent into jail. The big iron gate closed behind him. He led that Muslim boy to the Lord. When he was in jail, and he was the one, into the, the one jail that had the 16 people there. And every jail they have the head. The head is, is always the bad boy that's in there. He become the head. Because he can, uh, uh, I think you guys probably know what is, the, every jail is like that. And then when he was walking in there, and uh, they asked him, what you, what's the reason you're here? And he said, he's a Christian because of the Bible. They said, that's strange. He said, my mom was Christian. And he said, he started witnessing to him. He leads that ahead, the bad boy that in that jail, to the Lord. You talk about a Jehovah Jireh. He sees. That's why he provides. But he used you to provide the, the need. He sees. He's a Jehovah Jireh. But that Jehovah Jireh living inside of you. He's in an action. But his action is to use you to do that action. And he lead that boy to the Lord. And after a few months. And he already get used to that jail. He knows everybody. Then the, the police said 
we change you. We cannot let you be with all this body. You're familiar. You become too popular here. So they changed him to another cell. He was really down. Then he'd go in there. He said, why does this happen to me? And then when, as soon as they're going in that jail, he said, those in that jail is all the rough guys. They look at him with their angry eyes. And then the one boy looked at him and hey, what are you doing here? He said, what's, your, what's the reason you're here? And he was a little bit timid. He said, well, he said, I'm a, I'm a Christian. He said, I'm here because of the Bible. And that person, that young boy, he was the head of that, that cell. He was staring at him and he wouldn't believe it. He said, you sure you're a Christian? He said, you're a real born-again Christian? And he said, yes. He said, you know what? He said, last night I was praying. He said, I was not a Christian. I've been here for so many years already. But my mom is a Christian. I was just sitting there at the night. I was asking the Lord, is this a, he said, is, is there a God? Is there really a God? He said, if there is really a God, which my mom's God is the true he said, you send that a Christian, a real born-again Christian, come to my jail. And that morning, he was sent to that jail. And he lead that young boy to the Lord. They broke up the revival in that jail there. Jehovah Jireh. Do you know where are the partaker of what Jesus Whatever that he is, we're a partaker of him. That woman, while she was a wiped her hair dry, with the feet dry, while she was a kissing the feet, you know what? All the dirt it is on her face now. All the dung that Jesus was tread on the street is on her face now. And all the dust that was on Jesus' feet. As Brother Branham said, she was a mess. It's all started to come on her face. When you're identified with the Christ, we're a partaker of his rejection. We're a partaker of his suffering. Everything that he is, that we are. Everything that the people that rejected in him, that rejection, it falls on you. But thank God. We are still, we're called the believer. Thank God we're like that other woman that wizard a tear that washes the feet, wizards the hair that is wet, but it is dry. Why? Because we're identified with that Christ. Though the world rejected him, the people that reject him, they said this message is not true, but I want it. That a woman, they said all of the people that rejected Jesus, but she said, I want it. Jesus got a dirty feet, but I still want it. Jesus' feet are going to dust. I want it. Jesus' feet are going to dawn in. I want it. By kissing, that she become a partaker of all Jesus' suffering. By we receiving the Jesus Christ in this hour, the message of this hour, we're a partaker of all his suffering. People said, I don't want a message. I want it. People cannot live the message of God. By God's grace, I'm living it. People said this message is not true. By God's grace, we experience this message is absolutely the truth. But while she was kissing Jesus' feet, 
while she was partaking of all the sweat, all the dust, the suffering, the rejection, and then everything. But she also poured anointment, the perfume down Jesus' feet. While she was kissing it, the sweet perfume has come on her as well. The ornament that she poured out is come back to her again. Everything that you poured out to Jesus, you're not only a partaker of his suffering, you're not only a partaker of his rejection, you also are partaker of his glory. You also partaker of his anointing. When we're identified with him, either, no matter that's in the rejection or in the mocking, in the jar and everything, but we're also a partaker of his glory. We're also partaker of his healing. We're also partaker of his resurrection. Everything she poured out, now it come back out of her. Everything you poured out, it come back out of you. That's the double portion. That a God had gave it to us. Let a musician come. Let me read to the last quote for you. In a message to 2 Timothy 2.11. It said, it is a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abide faithful. He cannot deny himself. If you partake her in all of his suffering, as those of brothers that are in China, now they're released, I'll say, you have done a great deal of support to those brothers. I'm so thankful, Brother Harold, Brother Ed, and Master. That he always said, I'm praying. Where our church was praying for those brothers. Do you know that you are to partaker of their suffering? By washing Jesus' feet. By your prayer. By your support. And to all of this, you become the partaker of the rejection, of the mocking. But you are also the partaker of all the testimony and all the glory. In Romans 6.5 said, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. If we dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. That is the Jehovah Jireh that we have served. And that is the stand. Let's just sing Jehovah Jireh if you can. Jehovah
situation that you were in I know my God he's a Jehovah Jireh and I want to think about all those brothers that are the one through you know God is always a conqueror he's always an overcomer have you ever thought about it? 20 months the church without a pastor can you think about it? 20 months without a brother Harold or brother Ahem and Mr. what is church going to be have you ever thought about it? 20 months take the word from you what you will be take the message out of you take the message off of you take the message tape you can't have one message to read you can't have one bible to read nobody to fellowship you can hardly to see your wife 20 months you know what the word still holds it's the power of the word that you received in your soul that holds you not here but here that holds you it can overcome every situation he's the conqueror you know after the brother Caleb had come back the brother LV that had come back that the two pastors was arrested after they were released to go back to the church not a one member left to the church not even one in their quietness, they're coming to another home, lift up their hands to worship, and welcome their pastor. Coming home, not even one, young or old, they become stronger than ever. Amen. The word still holds. That's the Jehovah Jireh that what we believed. Jesus is always a conqueror. God always have the woman that it can wash his humblest the part of the body that are the feet when she saw there's a need she rushed to it I was thinking about their disciples was there Peter was there John was there James was there all the Jesus disciples are out there but that woman pushed aside every one of them she saw the need and she went into it she washed it she actually made Jesus a great conqueror Jesus can say to Simon Come on over here. Let me show you. I come to her house. You didn't wash my feet. You didn't anoint any of my feet. My feet. But this woman, as soon as they come, and she was tear that washed my feet. Her hair, she dried it up and put an ointment on her, on, on me. Though her sins are many, but it all forgiven. May the Lord bless every one of you. I give the service to Brother, Brother Ed. Let's sing that again, Jehovah Jireh, as we 
as I give this service to Brother Ed. identified yourself with those brothers in the church in China sometimes when you hear things like that you think oh God forgive me that I ever complained forgive me that I, I wouldn't stand and I think God help us you know the church I think brother Harold said it when we first went into what they called a pandemic he said, you know, outward pressure never hurts the church. It makes the church stronger. And I, I just want to stand a little bit more, a little closer to him. He was there all the time. Standing somewhere in the shadows is Jesus. Brother Branham would talk about Jesus when those disciples were in the storm. And they went across that sea. And he would just give that that little, you know, just as he would tell a story and he would say, and he says, they're in the sea, they're rough, but where was he? He was climbing the hill. He climbed to the highest place so he could watch them. His eye was upon him. It never left them. And friends, it said he didn't stop there in his earthly body, but he climbed to Calvary. He climbed up into the beyond the stars and he's always watching us. You could see him and identify him as the one walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. And if you read every church age, you get down to the second verse and Jesus says, and the Spirit says, I know. I know your works. I know what you're going through. I know. How does he know? He's watching. He sees. And he knows where we're at today. Oh my, isn't he... Isn't he faithful? Isn't he true? Something keeps holding me. Something keeps holding me. 
Something keeps holding me Every day I see He's helping me faithfully To overcome my trust He's guiding me Something keeps holding